We would like to welcome everybody to today's uh, podcast with Orient, Rise Up with Orient. Here at Orient, our mission is to help people engage in the wellness or engage in their own health and wellness by rising up and taking action. And today we are excited to have Beth Hunsaker Garn with us on our podcast. Beth is a professor at the University of Utah and she works in the family or in the Department of Family Finances and Economics. And we are so excited to have her here with us. Especially right now, this weird time that we're having, it seems extra timely to have Beth here to talk to us about our healthy financial habits. And she's going to take us through a little bit of a financial check. So Beth, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Anne. I am so glad to be here. Well, I, I really admire the work you do. And I think, gosh, of all the classes you can take in college, this is probably one that has, um, or, you know, the courses you teach are probably so applicable just to everyday life, right? It's just really an, a great adult skill to have Absolutely. that really impacts you. Yes, absolutely. One of my favorite things at the end of the semester is when I see my course evaluations and have someone mention that they are able to take the practical skills out of this class and make their lives better. That's one of my favorite things and my gauge of success for the class. Oh, that's awesome. Because really, like, I want you to take my kids through this, and I probably should take your class, too. <laughs> the one thing we know, you know, here at Orion, we really are focusing on overall wellness. So we talk a lot about physical wellness or even emotional or mental well-being. Um, but financial wellness is a critical piece to our overall well-being. How do you see that playing out in the lives of your students or people you work with? Oh, absolutely. If you are not making sound financial decisions. And if you have some of those financial worries, it goes into every area of life. They even have found that people who carry more debt don't sleep as well at night. And so if you can get on top of your finances, it can help you in so many other areas of your health. That's awesome. My dad, I know when we were first, uh, when I was first getting married, he gave me some advice and he says, if you want to sleep at night, that's why you reminded me of it. Um, he says, spend a dollar less than you make. And if you want to lay awake and worry, spend a dollar more. And he's all only a $2 difference. <laughs> and I yeah. thought that was good advice. Yeah, that is really good advice. Well, I'm excited to have uh, have you here and, and, and have this conversation with you. So um, maybe where do you want to start? We talked a little bit about um, just kind of the basics of a financial checkup. What do you think we should cover today? It is so important for us to understand exactly where we are before we can make those decisions. So I really suggest that people have what I like to call a financial checkup to check these different areas of their life to make sure they know where they stand. Once you have that footing and you know where it is you, you are, look for places you can improve and then set those goals and create those habits to make those changes that you wanna see. So I'd like to go through those today. Awesome. It's funny when you talk to people and a lot of people have a lot of financial stress or a lot of financial goals, but they don't even really know where they are. And it's like, you got to sit down and take a pen to paper and really, you know, get started. So how do you suggest people start with their financial checkup? So the first step is gathering information. Find out exactly where the money you have going out and coming in. So start by looking at your income. 
understand where exactly how much money you make and where all of those deductions are coming out and taking a look at those deductions and make sure you're doing what's right for you. Sometimes people like to have a big tax refund every year. They see it as a forced savings, kind of that bonus that they get, but really that's your income. And for some people, it might be better to not have it every year, but increase how much money they're bringing in every month to meet those financial goals. Yeah, that's probably a big thing. I like the big bonus. We've had that before. That's probably why people uh, like it is because it's fun when you find out your kids. But if you have monthly goals that you're maybe not meeting, maybe you want to pay your debt down faster. And having that increase of $50 to $100 a month might be enough to get you out of debt a lot faster. Because maybe when you get that refund, maybe you're not putting it on your debt and putting it towards something fun. Yeah, probably not, actually. <laughs> well, I really suggest taking a taking, um, gauge of where that income is and just making sure that you are including all of your income streams. If you have a side hustle, maybe you bake cakes for people and bring a little money in here and there making sure you're just um, taking account of all of those and including that when we're talking about your income. The next thing I really recommend, it's not fun, but it's really important, and that's understanding your debt. All of us, it seems, carry debt as something that we have, but we really need to stay on top of it. So gather all of the debts that you have and understand what they are. Look at what type of debt that you have. Is it a debt that is tied to something collateral or an asset? For example, your house, your car. That means if you don't make those payments, they could come after and take those from you. But then you have debts that don't have collateral, it's unsecured, like a credit card and medical debt. There's nothing that they will come and take from you if you don't make those payments. Then you really need to look at how much you owe. Be honest with yourself, pull up those balances and, and figure out exactly what it is that you owe. Um, looking at where that, that debt started to where you're at today. You wanna take a look at what interest rate you're being charged. Some interest rates are fixed, so they don't change over time. Your mortgage is probably fixed, but some people might have an adjustable rate mortgage. Um, but credit cards can change. They can change with just even a few months of notice. You could have your credit card interest rate go way up. So pay attention to those. And the debts that have collateral or an asset tied, those secured debts are typically going to have a lower interest rate because they have legal recourse if you don't make those payments. Then I want you to look at how much time left you have to get those debts paid off. So if you're five years into your 30-year mortgage, you have 25 more years to pay. Credit cards, however, are open-ended, and so there's no set payoff date. But what you can do is get your statement, and it will give you a little message, and it will say, if you only make the minimum payment, 
it will take you this long to pay it off. So that's what I want you to use when looking at the credit cards is the minimum payment payoff. And then finally, look at how much those payments are that you make every month to make sure you know, and that can be included in your spending plan that you pay X amount getting these loans paid off every month. One reason it is so important to have this information is creating a plan to get those debts paid off faster. We all know that interest is working against us when we are paying off debt. And so coming up with a plan can really help knock that debt out. I actually make my students come up with a debt repayment plan. They're always so surprised at how just being organized and maybe making a little bit extra payments can knock off months and months of payments as well as their overall interest that they have to pay. One thing, Beth, that I've always found interesting about debt is if say you're out and you're doing some consumer shopping and they maybe have a consumer debt or credit account you can apply for, or you know, you're shopping for a car, for instance, they never talk to you about the price. I even ran into this cell phone shopping, which is annoying. They don't tell you, they're not always talking about the price you're paying. They're talking to you about your monthly payment. <laughs> and we always feel like, oh, if the monthly payment sounds okay, it's going to be a, a good purchase decision. Um, yes. But when you're looking what at the length of time. Yeah. What people don't realize is when they do it that way, they might have just stretched your payment out an extra year. And you didn't even know because the longer you stretch it out, the lower it can be. But then you are paying so much more in interest. So you don't fully understand. Yeah, I don't like that trick. Stay away from that. Yeah, you never want to make a purchase decision based on your monthly payment, right? You got to look at how much you're going to pay eventually and then decide if that's a fair price or a price you're willing to pay. That's my thought anyway. Absolutely. Have your budget beforehand and stick to that. Don't let them, don't let them trick you that way. Well, and then that takes us into what you're going to next, I think, with expenses. Because once you've made that decision, it does become one of your, you know, depending on what you commit to, then it becomes one of your monthly bills. And I guess that maybe that's separate from expenses, but I know that that also is important to understand. Yes. This is another exercise that's a little tough, but so important, is understand where your money is going. I recommend that you track all of your expenses for one month. I make my students do two, but one month, find out exactly where it's going down to every transaction. That means if you go to the vending machine, you've got to write it down. Yeah, that probably will be tough. <laughs> do your students, are they pretty shocked when they follow this uh, experiment with you? Oh, absolutely. And the number one category that they're always shocked is how much they spend on food because they have what they think is their grocery budget and they, they put in X amount, but then they're still going out to eat four or five times a week. And that really increases. So I suggest putting your food all in one budget to understand how much is really going towards that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's where in, in our household, you know, we have a grocery budget. I don't know if we have an out to eat budget, but we eat out. So, you know, that's probably in that unaccounted for money. And there, it's probably more than we think for sure. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. 
And the, the purpose of doing this is not to make us feel bad and it, it's not anything like that, but it's more to just understand what our current situation is. I'm not asking that people cut down to the bare bones, but if we know where our money is going, we can maybe make better plans. And I have a system that I really like to help us get there. And that is once you've tracked your expenses and put it in their categories, I want you to go through and look at them and ask yourself, is this a need or is this a want? We have to be very honest with ourselves and making sure we're not turning something that's a want into a need. And when you look at those needs, you can always ask yourself, could I have done a little bit better? So if I went out to eat for lunch, yes, I need to eat lunch. That's something I need to do. But I spend $10. Did I really need to spend $10 on that lunch? Could I have done it for a little less money? Maybe I could have spent $5, buy the ingredients at home, pack it in. I've just saved $5 in my budget. What I like doing with that system is you might find that by cutting out those wants and, and making sure we're not spending too much on those needs, you can find quite a bit of money in your budget that can go towards your financial habits and goals that we're going to talk about in a little bit. So I really think that is a very worthwhile ex exercise to do when you track those expenses. Yeah, I love that, Beth. I bet it's really surprising too. There's a lot of ways that we can, ju we justify the extra expense, you know, where we could really cut that down and be a little more frugal, save, keep some Absolutely. money in our pocket. I also liked what you were talking about with the non-monthly expenses. This always gets us like we have our monthly budget and then there's something that it's just a one-time thing that throws our budget out the window. Absolutely. And this is one of the biggest things my students figure out when they're making their spending plans because you have to plan for those non-monthly expenses. So look ahead. What are those things that you have to pay, but they only come up once or twice a year, every couple months, like your haircut, you don't go get a haircut every month, but when you want to get your hair done, how is that going to come out of your budget? If you haven't planned ahead, what about your car registration? That's only once a year, but you don't want to be scrambling when that bill comes. So what I like doing is trying to think through the year where all of those expenses come birthdays, holidays, Oh, how often do we have that holiday hangover debt in January because we didn't plan for Christmas? Guess what? The holidays come every year. Let's plan ahead so that we don't get into that trap every year. So figure out what those are and then add it up for the entire year. And then divide that by 12 and create a bill category that you put that amount in your savings and then any time that unexpected or that non-monthly expense comes up, you pull it out. So when your car registration is due, you don't pull it out of your regular monthly budget, you pull it out of your savings, you've already planned for that and you're able to make that payment. I think that's brilliant, honestly. <laughs> the thing that gets us all the time is back to school. 
August, September, we're like, what in the world? How did this? every year. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. This would be so great. Because in my mind, your savings, and, and this is, I think you'll get to, but your savings is like your savings, savings. It's not your savings for your auto registration, right? But you kind of have different purposes behind your savings. So some you can use for this kind of stuff, and then you have... I guess other savings you don't touch. Absolutely. Right? And treat it like a bill. So when you get on to make your online bill pay, pay that bill every month and send it to the savings account that's designated just for those non-monthly expenses. Oh my gosh. So brilliant. I love that. So you just pay it every month like you pay your light yep. bill and just send it away. Yep. Great. So great. This actually reminds me, we had a, we have this little, little boat. Um, but when we bought the boat, I thought, I don't want to have this boat that costs us all this stuff. So we actually set up a monthly boat bill <laughs> that we save for when the boat breaks, we have money to fix the boat, but it's kind of the same idea. And it's worked out so good. It's made us enjoy our boat a lot more rather than just cursing it whenever it needs any money put into it. Ah, perfect. That's a perfect example how to do that yeah this is great well good i'm loving this so far so talk to us about you you had mentioned something about our credit report why is that important yes so one thing to know about credit your credit report is that it's actually used in a lot more than just getting more credit did you know that you will pay more in insurance if you have dings on your credit report i actually never knew that a lot Very of people interesting. That, that they yeah. can charge you more for car insurance if you have bad credit. Um, and so it, it is really important to stay on top of your credit report. Some people like to look at their credit score and know what's going on. I don't think it's worth it to monitor it that closely. And a lot of times you have to pay to see your credit score. I suggest just your credit report a few times a year just to make sure there's no mistakes, no problems on it. It is kind of a pain if you have to fix a mistake, so the sooner you know about it, the better. But um, go to annualcreditreport.com. That is the only free one, truly free one. If any website asks for your credit card information, that's not the right one. Um, and just check for those mistakes. Make sure that the debts that are listed on there are truly yours. I've actually done that and it was eye opening. There were things I didn't realize were on there and, and actually a, a mistake we needed to repair. That's good, uh, good information. So. Yes. so definitely check that. And then one of the last evaluations I am going to ask you to make is to look at where your savings and your retirement plan is at. There is an old adage that I love that says, when is the best time to plant, to plant a tree? 20 years ago. But the second best time is to plant it today. So find out where you are and make sure that you're on track. And you know what? If you're not quite on track, that's okay. You can start today. So really look at what your retirement needs are. There are a lot of different ways to calculate it. There's online calculators. I suggest looking at a few and finding what you feel comfortable with based on how you want your retirement to look, and then work backwards. If you're gonna need this certain amount in your nest egg, what do you need to be doing today 
to get on track for that and make those plans and those goals. So check in with that and then your other savings. If it's important to you to save for your children's education, just check in with those. Um, but then other things, what things do you have coming up? What trips do you wanna go on or home improvements? Um, and just check and see how your savings are going with that. I think that's great. That's a really important thing. And it's so funny if you decide early, this is like, if I can teach my kids anything, my daughter's turning 19. So she's just starting her adult financial life. Right. And I just want to be like, man, get that saving started just a little bit to start that habit because it will just change your whole life. It really does. That's oh, one of probably the, what, that and avoiding the debt, right? Those two things like my dad said, I'll help you sleep at night. Absolutely. You know, when my, when my students come in, and I start talking to them about their retirement, at first they're looking at me like, we haven't even started our career. Why would we think about the end of our career? But once we run the numbers and they start to understand, they see that when they make those, when they start planning young, how much more ahead they can get closer to those goals. Yeah, that time, you know, just like paying interest adds up, earning interest adds up too, and time is on your side when you're young, if you can get it yeah, started. Time is on your side. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so all of these things, once we've done this whole, you know, inventory of where we're at with things, you talked about uh, understanding your why, and I feel like that is one of the very best questions all the time as a coach. That's what I always want to know is what is your why? Like, why do we even do this? Yeah. Think about the life that you want and what role your finances play in that. And this isn't talking about living a lavish lifestyle or that, but maybe it's, it's those simple things like you're not stressed out and you have that energy to hang out with and be with your family instead of trying to work more or just having that stress that we talked about. And think about what you can do with your finances to get there. So if you're carrying that debt every month and you're not paying your credit card bills every month, kind of ask yourself, what do I need to do to change that and how am I going to get there? Yeah, and I, I think that that makes a big difference. Um, I mean, that confidence, that efficacy you gain as you start making some progress, you know, as you start paying off a bill or seeing yourself kind of dig out of that hole if you're in one, can really, really make a difference. My husband and I have always thought that the reason a lot of people struggle or when we struggle with our money, often it's a organization issue or maybe one of those other pitfalls I think that you've talked yeah. about. Yeah, it's important to be real with yourself and find out why you have been making some of these decisions maybe that you want to. So I do see these common pitfalls. You know, I've taught this class for 15 years now. And one of my favorite things is, is understanding some of the trends, what's going on. And I just keep seeing students making some of these same statements. But one of the biggest would be procrastination. Like I said, why would they think about retirement when they haven't even started their career? So they'll say things like, well, when I get a good job. That's when I'll start saving. I'm going to promise them and I promise all of you that it doesn't get easier as time goes on. Actually, if you can start those habits earlier of dedicating some of your paycheck to save for yourself, you're, it's going to make it easier in the long run. So don't wait 
for some big event, find a way to start now. Sometimes people feel helpless. Maybe they've made some bad financial decisions and they just feel like they can't ever dig out of it. It's never gonna get better, so why even try? But that's not true. If we can see where we're at doing this checkup and then making those choices, it's surprising once you take control how far you really can get um, towards those financial goals that you have. Sometimes people feel like they don't fully understand. When I talk about stock market investing, I'll hear people have some misconceptions or they don't really understand it. And so they don't participate. But if that's the case, if you don't feel confident in learning or in paying down debt, find ways to learn. Find books that you can read on the subject and just um, gain that confidence to make those choices in that area. Another problem is a lack of clear goals. So you hear things like, oh, I know I should save for retirement or I shouldn't get in debt. If you don't have those clear goals, it can be very difficult to make any headway. And so it is important to sit down and think about those. Unfortunately, I have seen when people are in denial about how bad their situation is. If their credit card bill comes in the mail, they just throw it away or they delete the email. They don't even wanna know how bad it is. That is not going to help anyone. And finally, let's just make sure we're not falling into the trap of entitlement. Well, I worked so hard this week. I deserve to go out to eat, even if maybe your food budget has already been spent for that week. Or you feel like kids deserve to have these things growing up that maybe you didn't have. You need to stay away from that because that's definitely a trap that can make it difficult to reach our goals. Yeah, I think those pitfalls are all, we, you know, we can all see ourselves or maybe others, people we know, um, falling into those things. And they do kind of get you, get you in trouble, don't they? <laughs> they can. <laughs> So Beth, you were talking about, you know, when it comes to making a plan, the one plan um, I want to make sure you cover, we're going to, we're going to be running out of time here soon, but is the, um, the 60% solution. That is intriguing to me. Would you mind explaining that a little bit? Yeah. So the 60% solution is a spending plan where you break your income down into these categories and you keep your spending within those areas. And if you do that, you can really reach your goals. So 60% of your income goes towards all of your expenses, food, clothing, housing, taxes, charity, anything like that is, needs to be in the 60%. Then you have 10% fun money. This is money you can spend anyhow, anywhere you want. Then you have that 10% into your retirement savings, 10% into long-term savings. These are for goals that you have that are going to be occurring in the next five to 10 years. So maybe upgrading your house, things like that. But I will add a little caveat there. If you carry debt, instead of putting that 10% into long-term savings, you need to pay that debt down. It is impossible to build wealth if you are building debt. But once that debt is paid off, and if you put 10% of your income it gets paid off a lot faster than you realize then you move it to those long-term investments 
And then the last 10% is gonna go into short-term savings, things that you're going to need in the next year or two. That kind of includes some of your emergency fund. So if you need household repairs or a new appliance or even some of those vacations you have coming up, that's where that 10% comes in. I think this plan is so wise. You know, if you could make your budget stick within this 60% solution, I mean, you really can do anything you want. You know what I mean? As far as you don't, you'd have the money there to do anything you need just with time and discipline. It'd get you there. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And then what else, another method you said is that zero based budgeting? Yes. So another plan to use is based on your financial priorities. And so you rank all of your expenses based on what's most important to you. And then you subtract that from your monthly income. So first, if charitable donation is very important to you, make sure you pay that first. Then you're investing money, your retirement, then your housing, then your transportation. And then you just keep taking those expenses out. And then once your money's out, you're done. And so, you know, if your bottom category are things like entertainment, if you've run out of money, you're not going to be able to go to a movie that month. But that way you make sure your priorities are met first before anything else. That's why you don't go blow all your money on payday, right? Because then you won't have money for everything else yes. that trickles down. Yep. yep. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Well, that's, that's great. Well, Beth, we're almost out of time, but give us, I, I know you talked a little bit about goals versus habits, and I feel like this is something really important I want to make sure we um, talk about. So when you look at your finances, you have your goal is that desired outcome, but your habits are the choices, behaviors, and systems you have in place to reach that goal. So your goal might be to have enough to be retired at age 60. You're not going to get there unless you have habits to reach that. So those habits would be things like making sure you take your employer match into your retirement, saving 10% of your income or whatever it was. Your goal is to be debt-free. Your habit would be not carrying a credit card balance, paying it off every month, paying down extra to get your debts paid off as quickly as possible. So setting those up are going to get you there. One of the habits I really, really like is called the step down principle, where you choose to step down from an expensive option to a less expensive option. So for date night, instead of going out to eat in an expensive restaurant, maybe um, cutting back and stepping down to getting takeout or maybe making it at home, whatever it might be, trying to save money that way. Um, another important goal and habit would be to create an identity around how you spend your money. So tell, tell yourself, you know, I'm someone who brings work, who brings lunch to work three times a week and make sure you reach that. There's a little switch that flicks on in your brain if you think about it that way. Another trick I like is to fake it till you make it. Pretend like you're someone who's good with money and act like they would. And ask yourself, would someone who's good with money stop and get a fizz drink for the third time this week? Oh, no, they wouldn't. Then I'm not going to, even if that's not how you really feel. I love it. That's great. These habits are, it's so funny. I've always thought that our financial habits um, really parallel our health habits because any 
any of these principles you could apply to money as you could apply to your eating habits, to your self-care. Um, so I've always felt like they, it's kind of the same principle just applied in a different way, right? We've got to have discipline. We have to have a plan. We have to control our impulses. Sometimes we have to fake it and we have to act like a healthy person. We have to act like a financially sound smart person. We have to, we have to control our, our, our uh, emotions sometimes to help yes. us. And that's, we, we have to realize there is emotion that comes into making these, it, making our financial decisions. We've all done it where we've gone shopping to make ourselves feel better or to celebrate, but we're going to try to stop doing that by making it easy to make some of those good choices. Make those decisions beforehand, not in the moment, so that we're not using spending money to make ourselves feel better. Beth, these are such, this is such great information and such great advice. And I appreciate so much your willingness to share this with us and share your expertise. And like I said before, I think I want to take your class and have my kids too <laughs> do it as well. Oh, well, thank you so much. If anybody has any questions for Beth, you can reach us here at healthpromotion@orion.com, and we can uh, filter any questions or feedback to Beth if you want. And, and um, same here, you also are welcome to talk to your Orion health coach about any of these things. Because like I said, the reason we're talking about this today on the podcast is because our financial wellness is critical to our health and well-being, just like our physical health, our emotional health, mental health. So um, Beth, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate all the time and effort you put in. Thank you so share. much. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and sign off for this month and we'll be back next month. Next month, we are talking about emotional wellness and resiliency. So make sure you join us next month on Rise Up with Orion and we'll go ahead and sign off for now. Thanks again, Beth. Thank you. Bye.